This episode of The Trail Less Traveled is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Every product is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. Osea puts your health and the health of the planet first. Go to oseamalibu.com slash Mandela. Welcome to The Trail Less Traveled, an adventure series dedicated to taking you back to mankind's earliest form of entertainment, storytelling. Missoula, Montana is a mecca for outdoor enthusiasts, and each week we will bring you tales of outdoor adventures both near and far, as well as adventure information and inspiration, and a few tunes to set the mood. You can read more about the show online at traillesstravel.net. And now here's your host, Grand Canyon Whitewater Guide, yoga instructor, and master of the didgeridoo, Mandela. We're recording the trail as traveled today in a market in central Marrakesh, and we're sitting here with Mohammed El Ansari, and he was born and raised in Marrakesh. He sells traditional Saharan jewelry, and I'll let you explain a little bit about how you came to be at this shop today and how long it's been in your family to sell this traditional Saharan jewelry and Berber jewelry. Yeah, of course. This is a pleasure to do this interview with Miss Mandela. Well, in the beginning, that's like about 1950, my grandparents used to live 60 kilometers from the center of Marrakesh. When the time of the French occupation in Morocco, after that, after the independence, they start to find their way to the center of Marrakesh. My grandfather used to work in the spices market. He travels, he don't have a shop, it's a particular shop or a place where he works, but he travels, he see what's the needs of the market, and he trying to find his piece of bread. And then my father, he inherited this profession from him. Then he started to notice that the people start to change into the business of jewelry. Uh, some people seem interested in the business of jewelry. So he find his, his way. He start to collect uh, the Berber jewelry and the Tuareg jewelry from the people who has it inherited from their parents. So that's all. Now I quit school for a different reason. Now I'm here trying to enjoy every minute of this profession. I have uh, the ability to meet uh, all kinds of people from all places. And that's all. I love my job. I'm working with my colleagues. His father and my father are partners in this shop. And that's all. Can you do your best to paint a picture for those listening about what you see when you look around right now here in Marrakesh? First of all, the official painting of uh, houses here, of streets in Marrakesh, is red. In Arabic, we call it the red city. Because of this painting, it, it's an old tradition. It's not new. This city is 15 or 16,000 years old. There is many, uh, many empires, many rulers that uh, pass from here. And now it's like the tourist capital in all of Morocco. The building is so simple. They have simple windows. They are traditional uh, from wood. And uh, they have this net that covers them. Some people use it to hang garlic or 
there is a holiday in all the Muslim countries they call it Eid Eid when the sacrifice of the sheep after the sacrifice the slaughtering of the animal they clean it and then they take the ribs the ribs of the animal they preserve it with the salt and a combination of spices and then they hang it in the sun because previously they don't have refrigerator in this way they preserve it to last a long time after this holiday Awesome. And can you tell us about your shop and the type of jewelry that you sell here? You're telling me about it because I'm very interested in how each of these beautiful silver pendants represent different tribes. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, well, I'm not an expert in history, but I can tell you that there is two major kinds of people here in Morocco. There is the Berber, who are the original citizens here in Morocco. They are like about 2,500 years ago. They used to live here in Morocco. In general, they live in places close to the Atlas Mountain. They live in cold areas. They are special kind and shape of jewelry for special ceremonies. And there is the other kind, the Tuareg. The Tuareg came from Arabia. It's the Arabic island, came here in the Islamic occupation. They came here, they rule Morocco for, uh, they still rule in it because uh, the king now, the king of Morocco is descendant from the Arabic rulers who ruled Morocco for like about 1200 years or 1300 years. The Tuareg has their own shape of jewelry, bracelets. They are special making the anchor bracelets because it's a kind of expressing expressing the beauty of the woman. Like I show you, the ankle bracelet, if you turn it in such a way, that means the woman is single. The other way, that means married, without the need to tell, like, you know, the young boys or young men to do not approach here. <laughs> do, not, <laughs> do not come to this area because this woman is married. That's all. That, that's all I can tell you about them. Awesome. So my first question for you, Mohammed, is where did you grow up and how was adventure a part of your childhood? I grew up a very typical family here in Marrakesh. I study until uh, I reached the high school, second year of high school. Now I, I find the condition here in Morocco is very hard. School doesn't make a big difference in the future of uh, people. You can manage your way without the proper education because education here is very complicated. Look, it's like any part of the world. It's not something special here in Marrakesh. There is the advantage that you meet different people from different places in the whole world. That's the big difference. But apart from that, there is not something special about childhood in Marrakesh. Can you tell us a little bit of the history of Marrakesh, please? And also the history of this market, Jamel Lefna. We, uh, first of all, the Jamel Lefna in Arabic, it means literally Lefna. Jamel. 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 It means the mosque. You know, mosque. Yeah. Huh? Because, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he got the story. He said that uh, previously the mosque of Kutubia used to be uh, the biggest mosque in this whole area. And then one time the mosque collapses, destroyed. 
That's why they call it Jamal Fnad. It means literally Jamal Fnad. It means the mosque is uh, exterminate or uh, or gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mosque is gone. Jamal Fnad. It means literally the mosque is gone. The Kutubia, the mosque of Kutubia, it's like about 1,000 years uh, old. Mm -hmm. 1,000, yeah. So for someone listening who doesn't know what a mosque is, can you tell us what a mosque is? Mosque, it's... Uh, It's exactly like the church in the Christian culture, Christian uh, religion. For the Muslims, we have the mosque. It's the place of worshiping God and do our uh, obligation towards God and everything. Yeah, Place of showing humility to God and serving God in the Muslim way. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it's like to live in Morocco and how some people make a living here in this area? Well, um, each individual has their own way to figure out how to live. In general, it's very difficult. For the majority of people, it's very difficult because, you know, that's uh, a country is not in the level like the European countries or the USA. or uh, It's not poor uh, country, but it's like medium. But the majority of people struggle to feed their family, to help their family to survive. That's all. You're on the trail less traveled. Today we're recording in central Marrakesh. We're sitting in a shop and the shop is owned by Mohammed Alansari and it has been in his family for 65 years. His father started to collect these Berber jewelries and symbols and now they sell it and we're just surrounded by color. There's the traditional Berber blue cloth on the wall with all this different Berber jewelry and different necklaces and pendants and anklets from all over the Sahara. My question for you is languages. How many languages do you speak and why have you picked up so many different languages? You said it before about living yeah. in the market. Yeah. In terms of languages, personally, my best uh, language is... Uh, the best language that I speak is English. After English, there is uh, French, a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of German, a uh, little bit of Italian, just a few words. That's all. Some people here who can um, speak five or six languages fluently without any educational intervention or... Like example, this man who's uh, work with us, he never went to school. He, he can't write his own name, but he can speak like six or seven languages fluently. Awesome. Well, is it okay if we interview him as well? Maybe you can translate? Uh, he speaks, but not properly, but he, he can deliver the message. Okay. You can ask him. Awesome. Well, when we come back, I would like to interview, what's his name again? Aziz. 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 When we come back, we're going to talk to Aziz about his life, and maybe you can translate. Yeah, of course, yeah. Awesome. But it's time for a song now. So can you think of a song that reminds you of your childhood growing up in Marrakesh? Of course. I'm not a good singer, but Aziz, he can help you with that. He's a big fan of Moroccan music. Aziz, can you sing a song? Can you sing a song? You say Lala Fatima, Lala Fatima, Hi, welcome on the trail is travel. 
I am Mohamed. We are in Marrakech, the touristic center here in Morocco, and you are welcome here. مرحباً بكم في Trailless Travel. اسمي محمد نحن الان في مراكش العاصمه السياحيه للمغرب مرحبا بكم Awesome. We're here in Central Marrakesh, the Kingdom of Morocco, in a shop with Mohammed Al-Ansari, and his family has been in the business of selling Berber and Saharan jewelry for over 60 years. We're also sitting here with one of his relatives, and I would love to interview him. Aziz. So my first question for Aziz, maybe you can translate, yeah. is tell me about where you grew up. He said that he grew up in the mountain, not too far from the valley of Urika. When he got 14 years old, he came with his family here to Marrakesh. Can you tell me about the home that you grew up in? What was it made out of? And tell me about your childhood. He said that his home was made not like these days. It was made from mud. The roof in general was made from wood, pieces of wood. And then they cover it with another layer of mud. Can you tell me about the jewelry that you're wearing and what's the story behind each piece? He said the bracelet that he's wearing, he get it from his grandmother. It's like about 120 years old. The rings, the one with the blue stone, he got it from his father. The other one is his mother. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of this type of jewelry? He said this particular jewelry that he's wearing is made by the Berber Jews who used to live here in Morocco because the jewelry industry was exclusive on the Jewish community. Only people who used to make jewelry here in Morocco are the Jews. Can you tell me about the shirt that you're wearing? He said this particular piece is a Tuareg piece. He got it from the south of Morocco. He buy it from there. It has a pants. It's two pieces. It's not one piece, it's two pieces. You got the pants and then you got the long shirt with the long sleeves. Aziz, what's your favorite food? He said he don't mind to eat any kind of food, no matter meat or chicken or rabbit or vegetables, he can eat all. He got married too late. He's like 52 years old. And he's married when he was 43. He said that he doesn't have the financial ability to get married. That's why he waits until he could uh, provide for his family and then he get married. Why do you have to have the financial capacity to get married? Of course, you should get a home. Of course, you can live with your wife in your parents' house. And, uh, and no woman will accept that. 
but he managed his, his way. If you could travel to anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? <laughs> he said uh, his dream is to go to Australia. Why? He said because it's similar to Morocco. They have farming. Also, the weather is similar to Morocco. They have dry weather with no humidity. Yeah, with no humidity. They have farming works. They have farms. They have cows and sheep and chickens. I would like to ask Aziz if he ever had an experience where he learned a lesson from that experience that he can share with the listener. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, get rich or die trying. <laughs> that, that's basically what he said. Get rich or die trying. I would like to know if Aziz could tell us about some of the traditional foods in Morocco. He said traditional food is couscous, obviously, couscous. It's like little bits of flour. They boil it with water. They add vegetables and meat and some special combination of spices. There is also tagine. Tagine is the name of the dish that we prepare the meal in it. There is a bastilla. Bastilla is a few layers of special bread. They put inside chicken, boiled eggs, and grounded almond. It's a sweet dish, but there is a chicken in it, in the eggs, but it's sweet. Awesome. We're recording the trail. I traveled here in Central Marrakesh, the Kingdom of Morocco, and I'm speaking with Mohammed El Ansari and his relative Aziz. Can we ask Aziz to share three bits of advice on life with the listener? The best advice he can give is be faithful, do not steal, don't lie, and be straight with people. Do to people like you want people do into you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Sukran. Shukran, Aziz. Shukran. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this episode of The Trail Less Traveled is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Funded and run by a family of women inspired by the sea, Osea formulates botanical powered products that have shown proven results for all skin concerns. Every product is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. Each product is infused with sustainably sourced, organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals that create a nutrient and mineral-rich, bioavailable base. This pure and potent base allows for the products to easily absorb into the skin and effectively bring about balance while targeting signs of aging and skin imperfections. Osea can help relieve and illuminate your natural radiance, whether you're looking for hydration, oil balancing, anti-aging, or blemish solutions. Go to oseamalibu.com Mandela for $10 off your first purchase of $90 or more. 
Free shipping for U.S. orders of $75 or more, and free samples with every order. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com slash M-A-N-D-E-L-A. The original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Today, the trail has traveled is being recorded in central Marrakesh in Morocco, and we're sitting here in the market with Mohammed, Aziz, and Abdu. And Abdu has spent a lot of time in the Sahara, and he doesn't speak English, but that's okay because Mohammed. They speak just a little bit. Mohammed, better for me. <laughs> Mohammed will translate. Yeah. Abdu does speak a lot of languages. Just sitting here watching him talk to all the people who walk by, I heard him say at least six different languages. He can manage his business. You said it's a good place to learn languages here of at the course, market. Of course. Even if you learn it in school, if you came here, you have the chance to practice it and gain a lot of new words and new ways of talk, new accent. Abdu, I was wondering if you could tell us about the history of the Sahara Desert. Was it underwater at one point? No, I know something about that. Not the Sahara. Marrakesh itself, mm-hmm. maybe like um, 50 or 60,000 years ago, Marrakesh was underwater. If you went here, like maybe 50 miles or 40 miles from here, you can see the marks on the mountains of the sea, mm-hmm. of the transferring of the sea from higher level. There are some scholars who find tons of fish, fish in, in that area. Abdu, maybe you can tell us about some of the cultures that you find in the Sahara Desert. said that the people of the south of Morocco has distinguished from the people of the north. First of all, in customs, the way that they dress, also in the way they eat and the traditional dishes, they have a passion of tea. They love tea. They drank tea for minimal, like, seven or eight times a day. That's a constant habit in their life. Tea, 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 at all the times of the day. It's tea time now. Are we going to have some tea as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I send that to the man who prepared it here in the market. There is a special cafe who special in the making of tea for the workers here in the market. What kind of tea are you talking about, though, in the Sahara? Is it the same? No, no, it's not the same. In the Sahara, there's a special way to make tea. For example, they do not make it on gas or this new stuff. They use only uh, wood. It's wood, but it's black. It's already burned. Charcoal. Charcoal. They use wood. The time that it takes to make tea, it's, uh, it's very longer than it takes on the gas. In that way, the tea leaves a very strong, uh, stronger flavor in the water that you boil it with. It's very rich flavor and strong flavor. But here in the north, very fast, they make it on the gas. And they mix it with mint or some other herbs that they use it with green tea or black tea to add flavors. But the people of the south in the Sahara Desert, it's not appropriate to put mint in the tea. That's like inappropriate, very inappropriate. Abdu, can you tell me about how you protect yourself from the sun and the elements in the Sahara? How do you protect your skin? He said that, uh, first of all, they drink a lot of tea. 
and that keeps them uh, keeps them hydrated. Yeah, it keeps them hydrated, and they wear this kind of scarf. It's a very long scarf. It's like about 20 feet or more than of scarf. They put it on the head and then they cover their nose and their mouth with a piece of it to prevent sand from getting to the way of air from the nose. And they wear a very uh, big version of this particular dress, a very big version. That When you say this particular dress and you're pointing to Aziz, what are you talking about? He's wearing a, a dress. It's a special dress of the people of the south of Morocco. They wear a long version of it where it covers the whole hand. It doesn't have a sleeve. It's like a piece of tissue, which it has a hole on both sides. It has a big hole from the shoulder until the ankle. You put your hands out from it. It's very long. When the people start sweating, it keeps the sweat on that dress. In that way, they keep themselves cold. In Morocco, many of the women cover their hair, and then some of the women we saw walk by just now, their whole body is covered. You can't even see their eyes. So can you tell us why? Okay, that's a, that's a command made by uh, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be on him. So there is some women who obey that commandment, and there is some, especially these days, The majority of uh, the young uh, generation doesn't care about uh, any of that. So all the women, like my mother and my aunt, my grandmother, the woman cannot leave her home without covering her head. Minimal covering her head. She dress a special dress to cover the features of her body that she cannot except her husband and her father, her ch children and her brothers, cannot see those features. Mm, that's all. That's why the Prophet make this commandment and this advice to the people. So is it their decision how much they want to cover? Of course, of course. It's completely their decision. No one can... There is some cases when the man wants to get married, he has this condition to marry it, if he said to the woman he has a condition if I want to marry you but you have to cover yourself if you don't want this marriage cannot be happen that's all can you tell us about the blue cloth the indigo blue cloth that is around your shop and it's across there I see it why is blue so important in Morocco Well, not especially here in Marrakech. I said that all the building painted with red. Yeah, yeah. But the blue in the Sahara Desert, these dresses that I've been talking about, 90% of them is in blue. You see that scarf? Yeah. Scarf with blue and the tails are black. Mm -hmm. Dark blue or black. He has more experience in the Sahara. He said why it is blue because previously people used to make their clothes from wool or from some simple kinds of cotton or uh, silk, silk for women because men is not allowed to wear silk. The clothing that been made from cotton and wool, there was no way to color them in every color that you want. But there was a product, Andigo, you know Andigo, they paint their clothes with Andigo. Because it's like a stone. It's like a stone. 
the only color available to them. That's why they paint it with blue. So when they paint the cloth with indigo, doesn't that indigo rub off on their skin? Of course, but it has a good effect on the skin. What effect? It keeps it in the same color. Even if some part of your body is exposed to sun, you don't see the difference between the part is uh, hiding from the sun and the parts that's exposed to sun. Mm. It's also very good for the skin, make it soft. Until these days, the women, uh, they put it on their bodies in the shower, they leave it for a certain time, and then they wash it. It keeps the skin very soft and so on. Well, Mohammed, I wanted to say thank you, Sukran, for all of your knowledge that you've shared with us and all the time that you've shared with me today. I didn't expect that, so thank you. Thank you. No problem. You are. It was a pleasure to me to talk to you. It was a, also a good exercise to practice my English, so I want to thank you for that. And welcome to Morocco, and have a good day. I want to end your show with three bits of advice that you can share with the listeners. Three advice. Uh, so, I'm 20 years old. I need advice. I cannot give advice. <laughs> so, what I can tell. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. And love your parents. And live a happy life. Awesome. Abdul is over there making a sale. And he's got this necklace hanging on his back. But what's your advice, Abdul? Oh, yeah. He's got to make a sale. So, we're going to give him a moment. Money first. Abdul's advice. He said the advice that he can give to people is be ambitious and try to improve your life, but in a straight way, in a good way, not to take the bad path or don't be unjust to people because that will eventually end up in front of your door. Awesome. And what song do you want to play? Wow. Wow. Oh, Aziz just brought some tea. And we're setting the tea on the floor. Coming to the end of this beautiful radio interview. I've learned so much today about Berber jewelry and the tribes of the Sahara. So we're going to end the show now with a song and then I'm going to drink some tea. What's your song, Abdul? Are you going to sing for us? <laughs> he can sing, but he can dance. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't listen to music. Mandela. Thank you all. Breaking the bread. There is cheese and, uh, and chocolate. Oh, cheese and chocolate. Well, we're breaking bread and drinking tea here in Marrakesh. And thank you, Sukran, to all of you for your time. Appreciate it. Assalamu alaikum, my friends in Missoula and around the world. This is Mandela, your host of The Trail Less Traveled, the Trail 1033's locally harvested adventure radio series. Tonight's episode was recorded in the heart of the old city, the Medina in Marrakesh, Morocco. I'd like to thank my friends Mohammed, Abdu, and Aziz. After I recorded this interview, I became very good friends with Aziz, who is in his mid-50s and grew up in a mud hut. Aziz is fluent in over six languages and about half my height. We became fast friends and were inseparable in the Medina. When you go to Marrakesh, you can find Aziz and tell him hello for me. Everyone in the market knows Aziz by the name Le Gram, which is French for the Gram because Aziz is so small. 
because Aziz and I were always together and I was double, if not triple his size, my nickname in the Medina became Le Kilo. So there was the gram and the kilo. Everyone in the Medina knows Aziz, so just ask for Le Gram. The Trail Less Traveled is produced at the Missoula Broadcasting Company, nestled in the heart of Missoula, Montana. But most often, I'm recording the show on location in order to capture these stories and storytellers in their natural habitat. I hope the sounds woven within the show help transfer you there. You can stream the show live every Sunday evening at 6 Mountain Time by visiting trail1033.com. The show is also an award-winning podcast available on all platforms, including Spotify and Pandora. You can follow the show as it's recorded around the world on the official website, traillesstraveled.net. My adventure tip this week is to make sure and drink as much freshly squeezed juice as possible when you're visiting Morocco. There is just no such thing as concentrated juice there, and you'll find vendors all over the country ready and more than willing to make you a freshly squeezed glass of orange juice. It's delightful. That's it for this week, my friends, in Missoula and around the world. But until next week, please get outside and do something for Mother Earth. And, as you know, get outside and shred the gnar, because the gnar does not shred itself.